welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. My name's Dan. This is your favourite fact podcast and back. Look again. Look at this. We promised we'd be back and we are with more facts for you. We do this every Monday. You know the drill. Thank you so much for being there. We really appreciate it. My name's Dan. This week, uh, I will cover all sorts. Gunpowder, teddies and fat people. That's on my end. I'm not saying they're fat. They said they were fat themselves. Don't have a go at me. Mark is also here. What do you got? This week for you, I've got a banned football kit. Would you want to go to space and bum wiping? Hmm. Lots being covered. Bum wiping. It makes us sound very preschool. Connor, what you got? Uh, we're going to dig into why sometimes you might not be the best at sport that you think you can be. Hmm. Yeah. We're going to also talk you about... Know, t- the tease of this shouldn't like fry my brain instantly. No, I know. Yeah, but it's a good one. We're also going to talk about phones today and one of my favourite animated films of all time, Up. <laughs> I really enjoyed the dramatic pause that you went before you revealed your favourite drama- uh, animated film. It's Up! And it's a brand new episode of Baffled. Stay there. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. It seems like we're covering quite a lot today. Mm. It's a wide array of topics there, isn't it? Yeah. Bum-wiping. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just got to talk about it. I think I broke my little toe yesterday, by the way. Bum wiping. No, I stubbed it on a suitcase, but then I felt today. Great. I'm sitting here trying Thanks. to ease that pain whilst you do this. Your little, your little toe's not really big enough, surely, to give you any pain. Apparently, you break it quite a lot throughout yeah, the year. I don't know how much I believe. Yeah, this. neither do I. Yeah, because I mean, this is painful. So, yeah, I stubbed it on a suitcase. Uh, yeah, maybe you've bruised a little muscle or a tendon. Yeah, well, the towel, the the toenail's black. There you go. Listen, this is a fact podcast, despite what you might be hearing right now. And we bring you facts every single day as well. You get one big one on the Monday, which is when we have released this. Well done. You're in the elite membership if you've managed to listen on the Monday. Um, Then we bring you Bite Size Baffled. Baffled Bite Size, whatever we're calling it. We're doing that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Make sure you follow because then you'll be with us every single day through the week. And term has started. So this is a nice boost for fact fans, I think. Mark, take it away. Fiorentina once had their kit banned halfway through a football season after fans realised the design looked a lot like 
a hidden swastika. Oh. Yeah, it's not what you want to... Um, it's not what you want to hide, I would say. I mean, you don't want to show it either, but it's, it's a symbol that you don't really want to be found and be hiding. No, I would say that the popularity of the swastika is very low, close to zero. Yeah, who, who realised that it looked like it? So it was only about halfway through the season that kind of fans started realising. <laughs> That's the best bit, though. Fans! You know, the kit designers, the club, the chairman, the manager, the players. Oh, we wear it. But you also kind of wonder, maybe the club noticed it after, like, a couple of games and went, I can't tell anyone if no one else has noticed it. Just like, don't admit it. Loads don't say and loads of money has been that spent. we all miss this. Just, just, just let it go. Just let it go. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Until somebody boots off about it, we'll just get on with it. Yeah. How swastika-like was it? So um, the kit was white from kind of just under the neck down. Then it had sort of a purple strap that went across the top. Sure. And that is what had the supposed hidden swastikas in it. Do you think... They look like swastikas. I, once you've been told they're there, it's hard to ignore. Is it cancel culture gone mad? I mean, this was 1992, 1993. Make a judgment so, for yourself. Here's uh, what it looks like. Oh, yeah, that does look like swastikas. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, it looks exactly the same. <laughs> how, has that, how has that happened? So you've got... It was sponsored by 7up, by the way, which is like a wonderful hark back to a time when football wasn't just sponsored by gambling companies or, or crypto. Uh, that's a nice touch. Uh, yeah, and then above, it's it's like a purple colour. And I think what they've done is they put a series of light arrows around it. The problem is the outline of the arrows where they meet looks like a swastika. Like, no one yes. has intentionally done that. It's just the byproduct of another pattern. This is at least what the club claims. So the club said oh, it was, I'm sure they it was do. an optical effect that was purely a matter of chance. Yeah. However, right. if you dig into the history of uh, Fiorentina, they merged as two teams in 1926... By a guy who was very, very good friends with Benito Mussolini. Yeah, good. Good so, to be friends with, to be honest. You know, it is, there is a fascist history to the club. So, you know, some are saying maybe it wasn't accidental. The club say it was. Um, but yeah, this is back in 1992. I feel like European football clubs are far more politically leaning than us in the UK. Especially in Italy. Yeah, you get a lot of... I'm painting with a broad brush there, but you do hear rumblings of more like football clubs and the fans who do lean more fascist Mm. than others and then more that lean the other way. Whereas in the UK, we're kind of here to be annoyed when they're playing football badly. Yeah, I wonder if Ed Sheeran's had any complaints about the third kit he's designed for Ipswich Town Football Club. It's a black top. <laughs> that's, that's it. It was inspired. It's like when Kanye bought out that white T-shirt that was plain white. Like, oh, thank Honestly. God it was a Kanye original. It's just like there's a huge, like you know, public, like publicly announced. There, oh, Ed Sheeran's making the third kit. Wait, wait, can't wait. And it's literally something out of H and M. I think it was. He said it was inspired by his new album, which made me laugh. Oh, as was well. it? Right, yeah. of course it was. Yeah. But right. also, he plows a lot of money into that club. Yeah, he does. So he so you know, he can design that. Black t-shirt. Didn't he sponsor them at one point? Didn't I he? think he, he still does. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> slapped across the front. Ed Sheeran. <laughs> it is really funny, isn't it? Because it's the um, you know, he names all his albums after math math symbols, and yeah. the new tour was called Mathematics or something. And it's just like, you, you know, it's like your key stage two, year five multiplication tables across the front. Big fan. Big big fan. Fairness to Ed, there is a bit of design on the sh- on the shoulders on the sleeves. Yeah, there's a, a little, little bit of a pattern. A, a little bit, which does look like it was more of a mistake than anything else. Well, like you're a new ca- black in it. Yeah, you're a Newcastle fan. Last yeah. season, they were uh, mocked all over the place for having like a four on their shirt. That was the thing. I remember that. 
I think a four on Yeah, because of where, oh, where the black yeah. and white stripe made it look like there was a random four. Yes. I mean, there's only so many ways you can design black and white stripes, and yet they seem to find a new way to do it every season that'll cost every fan about 80 quid. <laughs> I'm a fan of Wickham Wanderers, and we're famously quartered, and people like were very irate at the start of this season because the pattern of the quarters was slightly wrong. And they get oh, very, oh. very arsy about the particular colour. Of course yeah. they do. Very, very funny. Yeah. You're a West Ham fan. Yep. Famous Dagenham and Motors shirt. Really enjoyed that. What yep. else is going on? Always the best. Yeah, new kit's not great. No. No, I don't like the neck on it. Does it have swastikas? I don't like the neckline on it. No, but Bit, no swastikas. No, no, none of that. Thank no, God. That's, that's at least it'll last the season then. Well, exactly, yeah. And at least it'll be worn in the Premier League. Connor, give us your first fact of the show. <clears throat> so when asked why he didn't win gold in cross country... At the 2010 Olympics, Norwegian skier, now I'm going to approach the name as Odbuan Hesmazet. I'm sure that's not <coughs> even close. His uh, excuse was, I think I've seen too much porn in the last 14 days. Thank you. <laughs> Distracted. Mind wasn't quite there. Knackered. So he said, yes, too much of it and completely distracted him from the cross country run. Mind was all over the place, therefore did not achieve. <laughs> Mind was all over the place. It was not all over the place. It was very much in one place. Well, can you imagine, though, you're just sort of like watching this guy do cross country? Yeah, he's got a bit off trail, isn't he? He's not really quite Where, there. But where's he going? Oh, that, 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 I'm not, but that was, that was genuinely like his actual excuse What's as he well. Doing? Hunting taxis around. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but honestly, and I researched it. There's so many articles about this moment where the guy said it. That was his, that was his actual honest excuse <laughs> with is. press. Imagine saying that's the reason. And we've seen this with Erling Haaland, uh, Nor- Norwegian, who's now in the Premier League, back to football. Like, Scandies are tremendously blunt in interviews, aren't they? They don't even yeah. try to dress it up. No. Like, if you're British What's and that happened, you would, you know, you would try to claw back some respect and not double down and say, you know, you know why I've done this terribly in this thing that I've trained for four years for. I just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get off the hub. Yeah, yeah, it cost him the gold medal. I just love the way that he worded it. He put, I skied. I skied well, but I effed up. I'm sorry. I think I've seen too much porn in the last 14 days. <laughs> I also am a big fan of the time frame he's put over that. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine though? Specifically the last 14 days. I've been in a hotel room at these games on my own. I've watched a lot. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that, that was that was actually the, obviously the reason why as well. He's been on his own in his hotel room for quite a long time. But can you imagine like sitting at home, okay, and he's like the guy that's representing your country. You'd be like, I respect it. <laughs> I don't know if I would. I respect it. I mean, on the plus side, probably won't get talked about across national media too much. If England... Can you imagine BBC putting up an article yeah. about that? Of course not. Everyone well, just forgets about it. Like, fine, sure you failed, but we're not going to talk about it because it's a bit awkward. Yeah, the Daily Mail covered it heavily, obviously, very Daily Mail-esque. But, you know, then I sort of put myself in the shoes of the World Cup that's just around the corner. Imagine it. Harry Kane doesn't bag a hat trick. We don't get to the final. And Harry Kane turns around and goes, well, listen, I've been doing, I've been doing too much with the, old, uh, with the old porn. I'd be like, mate, I respect it. Good luck to you. At least you're honest. By the way, <laughs> when you were saying that, you you were trying to be kind of like delicate. You went, oh, the old, the old, the old. Yeah, porn. There's porn. another word for it. <laughs> Sexy time, I don't know, but there we go. So the if ever old. you need an excuse in life oh. for anything, I guess you can't, if I can't make it here. No, Sorry, don't I've use watched it. too much no, porn. No, 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 no doesn't work. Just no. don't use oh, it as an okay. excuse. I look, I'm, I'm feeling that athletes, all athletes, that they restrict themselves from quite a lot. Like they can't, you know, drink loads. They can't eat loads because they need to be in tip-top shape. Just don't tell me that you're what you, you are falling down on at the final hurdle. You're bored on the internet. Yeah, I know. That's bleak. Good luck to him. 
Right, first fact of the show for me. Talking about gunpowder. Gunpowder started in China uh, around 850 CE. That's the common era, which seems quite late, actually. Kind of double checking this fact as I go. But that's only, what, 1,250 years ago, which seems quite late. Anyway, gunpowder invented in China 850 CE when they were trying to make the potion for the fountain of youth. I mean, you know, fountain of youth, blowing yourself up. It's close. It's close. Both very much change your image. There you go. Alchemists, yeah, they were trying to make this potion for everlasting life, the fountain of youth. The resulting powder, which they called huyao, was a blend of charcoal, saltpeter, and sulfur. They quickly learned that it would explode, and then they could use it in wars. It's a good name. Huyao. Well, I, I, that's a... Huyao. It's a guess. It's a guess from me. Like, oh, what in how it is written. H-U-O space Y-A-O. Huyao. That's how I would say it. You and, and we know the corner is the yeah. encyclopedia on how to pronounce yeah. foreign stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, in trying to make... And these things often happen. I think the guy, you know, Nobel, who made dynamite, who then was obviously very, very guilty about dynamite, so then gave this prize for everything else. Um, how often are the good intentions go awry? I've had it before. I was trying to make a spaghetti bolognese and completely forgot I was making a bolognese. It ended up being chili con carne. I don't that think that's quite the same. No, it's not, but it's similar. It's not a great leap. No. Uh, but one has spaghetti, the other has rice. Quite similar bases on the bolognese from, you know, the meat and the tomato, mushroom. And then I forgot, that, oh yeah, we're doing the bolognese and then the, 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 the kidney beans went look, in. I don't want to... Look, if you'd have started making a spaghetti bolognese and then managed to find the cure for, I don't know, ageing, mm. you know, to use this example, then I think we can count that no, as similar. You know, I'm late. Going from a bolognese to a chili con carne, probably It was the minute I did the kidney the beans. So, Many of the kidney beans were in, I could not go back. Very quickly, how good would it be if the, you know, the cure for aging was a good spag bowl? Oh, that, yeah. I mean, that'd be nice. How do we know it's not? Has it anyone was had spag bowl for breakfast, lunch and dinner for the whole day of their life? It was irritating because oh, I had to pass the boil in Why is this taking over? Oh, so I was just so saying, you know, how you make one thing and end no, up somewhere else. less of you. Okay. So, look, I don't want this to be, I'd like, the podcast has been going well, there's been little bickering. Mm. I don't want it to be a descendant lump on you, but what's gone on where you've just forgotten what you're making? Well, I just—I was born in the pasta. I had the spaghetti base there, but the problem was I so forgot. So you've got everything. Like, yeah, you yeah. Don't, you really don't need to add anything. I'm more. on track for a homemade spaghetti bolognese Wednesday evening, and I ended in kidney beans, thinking I was making a chili because I was just in autopilot. And yeah, so I, had had a, the chili beans. I had a chili con carne pasta. Went well. It was all right. Uh, bit of fine, cheese on top. Uh, uh, bit weird, but yeah, I don't know that. I don't know if this story should have had as much airtime on the podcast no. as it has. Have you no. seen anyone this week? Because so far you come in and immediately told us about stubbing your toe and now this boring story about how a spag bowl turned into a chili. Boring? Did you hear the end of it? Yeah. It oh, I put a bit of cheese on the top. Look at this. This guy doesn't know a good tale, does he? No. But it's been a, yeah, it's been a right week. <laughs> Welcome to my life. See, what? I can relate to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the Chinese alchemists of 1,250 years ago, I'm sure, are delighted that you can... Relate to that. Yeah. When, when they did this, they went, one day some man will speak on a podcast about how his cooking went a little bit different to how he imagined. I'll tell you what I'm delighted about, though. Like, how cool would it have been to be back there? And uh, Well, it actually it makes you think of where we are now and what hasn't been invented. Mm. Imagine living back there 
and nothing had been invented. So you don't know the limits on things. I think it was so, easy to invent things back in the day because nothing was there. So to try and make it like a, the, the potion for Fountain of Youth, they're just shoving stuff together. <laughs> so I don't know what goes in this. Charcoal, saltpeter, which by the way, I've never heard of before. Sulfur, just shove it in and see what happens. Put it all in and be fine. I'd love to be an inventor like that. Thing is, oh. everything's been invented. I'd be used to it. I was thinking that the other day, actually. I was watching Jim Dragon's Den and I was looking at some of the pictures. I was thinking, yeah, it's pretty much all done now, isn't it? What would you like? What? invention could just boost your life just a sec uh, just, just a tiny bit no i don't Some know. Of, like, labels that you can put on your recipes so you go know. right today you make it a bolognese i genuinely don't know i don't know mark what about you you see you seem someone who's always striving to improve yourself no i'm very happy at the basic level i'm at to be honest i knew a guy that actually invented it was used to work with my uh, mum actually he was a lawyer but he was the one who created the you know like if you buy like a carton of custard and then the corner lifts up and then becomes yeah, like the spell. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he created that. He was the inventor that. of that kind of that spout. Yeah, that spout. Michael Yeah, more apparently was. Yeah. My granddad, I believe, invented the toe closer on socks. Have I mentioned this before? What? The toe closer. Yeah, so I must have said this before. I don't even know what a toe closer is on socks. Well, that's because he never got the credit he was deserved. You know your socks. Yeah. You know at the end. Yeah. They're sewn, the, the two sides of the sock are sewn together. Yeah. That's what, that's what a toe closer is. It's, it's the bit of technology that allows you to do that. Otherwise, you just get a tube. What happens is it sews one end of it up. It's a bit of technology. It was, called, it was called the toe closer. I don't know what's happened with it now. We never saw the money from it. Toe closer. No, all I'm getting is women's feet. Yeah, but it was the it was the technology at the time. I don't know what's happened with it. It might I mean, be a big you, lie. If you call bullshit spout, you call him bullshit. Man, yeah. No, that's what his name. I have no idea. A guy who's inventing Tetra Pack is going to be worth apparently loads of money. a folding box of the pouring spout was uh, invented by a guy called Derek Hurden. Hmm. Well, that was him. When? Nineteen ninety. Hey, there we go. Yeah. Could very well be. It, it would have been. I think genuinely I, could have been. Yeah, I actually genuinely think it would have been then because that was around about the time that my mum was working there. She was there thirty years. Yeah. And Derek Hurden is a very Essex name. But yeah, apparently... By you... Trenton Box Company Limited. Yeah. That sounds dull, doesn't it? Apparently no, he used to always... Apparently looking through Google patents. <laughs> <laughs> it's annoying when he does that, isn't it? I mean, yeah. It's come up well for you this time, but it's annoying when you bring something to the table and... You know... And he's always creating like 1682, <laughs> you know. I mean, can you believe that that was invented? The cart- that someone looks at a carton for years and then in 1990 they went, bet he could pour out of that. Well, it's, it's the manner in which you can rip it apart, which is good. But this is the point. The inventions of tomorrow, we don't have any clue what they're going to be today. Before old Dell did that, people were just mugging themselves off cutting Dissolvable spouts. chewing gum. Yeah? But you, then, you chew well, it. That's you, just food. No, you get, no, no. <laughs> as in, it, just it, a mint. it keeps the consistency of what chewing gum is, but over about an hour, two hours, it starts to reduce. The size gets smaller until it's nothing. Yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do we do that? Well, it's a fly, my birdie, fly. It's a question for a scientist. I'll put that on Twitter later. Go and create. I bet. Or yeah. another really exciting Instagram story. Instagram no story. Yeah, ask, ask there. Maybe. See if <laughs> Just anyone's don't do it while you're cooking. I'd hate for you to get distracted yeah. and cook something different. See if someone's up for it. Maybe. What's his name? Derek. He might be up for it. Yeah. Derek. Derek. Right. The, the, the punchline was about three lines ago. Mark, give us your second fact of the show. 48% of British people wouldn't go to space, even if their safety was guaranteed. And the most popular reason is, just not interested, mate. Oh, yes, fair enough, isn't it? Too much faff. Yeah. I would, if, go, I would go, but I Depends would... how long it was going to take. Oh, shit. You'd, be, you'd love it, wouldn't you? Yeah, but it depends how long it was going to take. What do you mean? 
Well, if it's if I'm up there for a week, love it. If I'm up there doing literally nothing from a year, I would think twice. Well, how long is usually a round trip to what, the moon? Have you seen the film Inter- Interstellar? No. Well, he goes up there for a minute, comes back, and it's been 50 years on Earth. But how long usually when the people that have been to the moon have Don't gone know, about to a week? I think it takes about three days to get there. About three days in a rocket. Well, they're in the little module, yeah. Pretty cool, isn't it? Well, they're not in that massive rocket the whole way up. That'd be good. No, they're in like a little module that floats around. I, I would just be very anxious the whole way. Well, you just sat there doing nothing. I just worry something's going to happen. I, th- I think you would get over it remarkably quickly. Yeah, I would. I would. I think I'd enjoy. It. I'd enjoy being there. Mm. That'd be kind of cool. Pretty cool to say it. But yeah, I've been to the moon. I've seen Earth from outside Earth. Wow. But I would. Yeah. The strangest thing about when the original astronauts landed, because that's what's mental. Bear in mind, they went up, but they also came back down. Like that. Well, that's really cool. And they managed to hit water, which is it's amazing. <clears throat> Uh, uh, like more or less where they wanted to hit again incredible they had to like quarantine they had to like quarantine for ages and it was only when they, they then put animals in the quarantine with them and only when they came out alright when they showed that they could live did they let these astronauts who had like risked their life actually out amazing right mm, it is cool it is cool I, I, would, <laughs> I would be a bit useless on the moon though I feel like it'd be wasted on me but there's not a lot to do. There's not a no, lot that could go wrong. And that any... is number two on the reasons of people don't wanting to go. <laughs> there's not a lot to do. Yeah. <clears throat> not enough to see or do. 11%. Would you, would you go? Oh, I don't know. It's a bit of a faff, isn't it? Too close to the sun for you. You'd get burnt. That's oh, true. I would do. thing is, I've been on a cruise recently and there was nothing to do there, but people bloody love that. There we go. Do you want to hear the whole list of reasons people gave? I would absolutely love to. Thought you would. Uh, not interested at the top. They're not enough to see or do. Rather visit other places on Earth. There you go. Fair enough. Um, it's my favourite. Nine percent just went. No point. It's <laughs> fair enough. Uh, yeah, no another nine percent rejected the guaranteed safety premise, despite the fact that's the whole point of the question. Yeah, that's true. Seven percent just went. It's too far away. Don't want to go there. It's too far yeah, away. It's far away. It's like I, I get that. Six uh, percent said they were too old. Five percent were scared. Another five percent just didn't like flying in general. And four percent said resource for space travel could be better used on earthly concerns. Oh, these people! These people! Uh, the, the people who have answered, you know, not a lot to do. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, like oh, can't be asked. It's, I mean, in fairness, I mean they're moderately right, but they are not even a service station up there. No, they are like, you know, they're like Jane or you know Paul or Phil who. Well, I've got Benadorm. Yeah, <laughs> or no, not even that. Like, oh, can't be asked to renew my passport. Why would I? Yeah, go caravan down camper. Ag in it. <laughs> so I don't think there is passport control on when you get to the moon. I, you know, I wonder how long away that will be. Soon, apparently there is a Richard Branson thing where he's trying to make planes that go out. Yeah, that's of, a yeah, thing. into and then round the Earth and back in again. Yeah, there's like a bunch of them who are competing for it. Yeah, yeah, space tourism. I might have said on the show before. I think they want to make the moon effectively a service station en route to Mars. <clears throat> that's that's the big dream. All right. Yeah. yeah. Good luck. I, I, please. Yeah. You're living in a world where bloody Dell from Essex has made a, a spout that pours custard spillage free, and you're you're naysaying our ability to reach the stars. Well, good luck. You know, crack on. Not, yeah. not of interest to me, but good luck. What is of interest to you? The spout. It, I love it. Right. Second fact for me: one third of adults. Still sleep with a teddy every night. I do. Which one's your, what's yours called? Ted and Wiz. Ted. Ted, just Ted, and then Wiz. Is what, what you do talk, when you don't have him. Talk me through Ted. 
Ted's just, yeah, just Ted with like a little patch on his leg and stuff, wearing like a little, what looks like a dungaree. Got it when I was born from one nan and then Weez was the other nan. What, what's Ted's personality like, do you think? He smells good. It smells good? Yeah, he's never been washed. Who's more of a rascal, do you think, Ted or Wiz? Uh, probably Wiz. Yeah. You not got a teddy bear? Uh, not with me, no. I mean, I, in my parents' house, I do. That surprises me. Oh, yeah, I'll have him in bed with me every night. What does Hayley think? Fine, she's got one too. Fam- yeah. Family. All right, there's actually a label on Ted as well, which is so nice to just like rub. Sends me to sleep. What does it say, Ted? Huh? What does it say? No, I don't know. It's just obviously it a, like the old barcode, maybe. Yeah, maybe, that, that, but it doesn't label. say that anymore. It's rubbed all the way down. I had a clown, which I called Baby Jack. Don't know why. Mm. Um, Sounds a little bit freaky. It's um, it's still alive, but it's just all absolutely mangled from my WWF phase. <laughs> you know, me just power power bombing it, pile driving it, and now it's just all absolutely rancid and mangled. Mm. But it's still alive; it still exists. Teddy bear? I did have a teddy bear? Yeah, <clears throat> I had uh, one that had like a blue uh, like jumpsuit on that said ABC. And then my parents were very clever; they bought two when I was born. So when I wore one out from hugging it too much, they were like, "Well, put that aside." And here's your new one. So that became Granddad Teddy. Then I had normal Teddy. Don't know why. Dad, oh, so they don't even... know why Dad got missed out in this. He immediately became Granddad <laughs> Teddy because he looks so old and ragged. But they didn't try and y- y- pull the lie that no, 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 they, no. They, they, they were pleased. No, they were very upfront, very upfront about it. And then he sat up on the um, up on the top being Granddad Teddy because he he was too old. He couldn't deal with playing anymore. Knackered. So then normal Teddy came in. And does he still live in the house with you and the partner? No, he's up with the parents. Right. You know what surprises me? We've we've mentioned it many, many times that you're a Disney freak. Yes. It does surprise me that you don't have like a big collection of like Mickey soft toys and stuff. Hey, I never said that. I just said I don't sleep with them. Do you have a collection of Disney toys? I have some, yeah. It became very easy presents for people to buy me over the years. They were like, oh, Mark likes Disney. Buy also as well, when you've been to Florida as many times as Mark, what are you buying? Disney toys. I'd have a collection. Just don't buy things. Just don't buy it. In Florida, you got to buy them, and you? you you have to buy them, Mickey. Just, just, just take Dan's advice. If you're struggling with a cost of living crisis, just take Dan's advice. Just don't buy it. Yeah. No, just, don't, just don't buy what? it. Yeah. If you are struggling with the cost of living, correct. Don't buy hundreds <laughs> of bloody Mickey Mouse toys that no one needs. It's hmm. true. I don't actually know if I have a Mickey. I've gone through various stages of wanting collections and just lost all enthusiasm. I wanted to try and. Uh, I was working in entertainment about ten years ago, uh, and I really wanted to collect Harry Potter wands. Got about three, could be asked. Just, just needless. Just <laughs> needless. I've got, got three of it now, that'll do. I've got <laughs> that'll, that'll be worth something one day, I'll tell you that. It's ridiculous. I've got a weird obsession with the Funko Pop things. I was speaking mm. to someone the other day about how they're actually worth, like, a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah they're quite, yeah. Some of them are really expensive, but he, I just quite like the look of them. He used to go into shops, and you can get an app, apparently, which... Shows you how much these little toys are being valued at, and if they were more expensive on the app than they were in the shop, he would buy it. And he thinks he's he's got almost a grand worth of this Funko Pop. And I was like, "Well, it's pointless you having it. Are they going to go out massively, or are you going to sell them? What are you going to yeah. do?" Del Boy, Del Boy, what guy invented the custard? No, I think he, the guy who's scanning the QR codes. Clever. Ah, uh, yeah. Are you surprised though? A third of adults still sleep with a teddy. Nah, I can. It doesn't surprise me. It's a relax. I think it's relaxing. It's it's a comfort, isn't it? It's it's a comfort thing. But do you? I don't want to get too personal. What do you do with it at night? Do you do you, do you like? Yeah, it's just in the bed. You don't cuddle it. No, no, just with you know within the bed. Just yeah. there. Just there. Okay, fair play. Watching it all. <laughs> what you going to the toilet? The poo palace. There we go. Do you like you know just go 
this isn't for you. Turn yeah. around, head down. Turn yeah. around, head down. And then look, then you can't compete in the cross country. In using, the to cl- using to clear up, Stop hey boys. Anyway, I just why? thought we could cut why it and have it for ourselves, you know. It? We're with you every day, by the way. I haven't done a second fat, by the way. Did you not? No, I've only done one. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what was your first fact? About the porn. Oh, right. <clears throat> it seems I've got out of order, so let's get Connor's second fact of the show. Uh, Mind-blowing. An emergency switchboard operator in the 1950s supposedly had a lot less notifications than a person today in the modern world on their phone. What? Yeah. No, as in what? As in what, <laughs> as in what do you mean what? As in, can you please read that again and explain what those words mean? An emergency switchboard operator, you know what that is, right? Yeah. Yeah. In the 1950s. Yeah. Had a lot less notifications daily. Yeah. So calls or whatever yeah. it might have been. As in the at 50s their job. They were using at right, their job. Okay, yeah. Fine. Than a person today in the modern world so on saying, their phone. So you're saying someone who was manning the 999 switchboard. Yep. Was called fewer times a day than we get notifications on our phone. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly that. Than we get on our own personal phone day to day. Sounds like they're overstaffed. Two things. Mm. It's not a surprise. Well, it's not a surprise. I would say for a few reasons. Because I am, well, it depends where this was. I think it's not a surprise because maybe they had quite a few operators, so it was made spread the load. People maybe weren't phoning that often. Also, we get notifications for everything. It's just the way that it's set up. Of course we do, but you know, this is uh, an emergency switchboard operator of which is working for yeah nine 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 call emergencies. I mean, you you think today if you ring up one 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 for like an NHS response, you can be on the phone waiting for three four hours just to talk to somebody. Mm, yeah, but one one one's not emergencies though. It is well exactly. If you ring nine nine nine, you get straight through, mate. But they're super they're super busy. All the emergency, you know. Really Really, really busy. So it's kind of crazy just to put it in perspective as to, okay, probably a lot less busy in the 50s than what they are now. I agree. Yes. But still, you know, you're not getting tons and tons and tons on your phone, but you must be getting a lot you don't know about to add up to actually beat this per day. Also, are we talking about, you know, those notifications that like if someone sends me a WhatsApp, you know, and let's say they're one of those super annoying people like Connor who will message, hey, guys, one notification, then another message, another notification. Then another message, another notification, all before I've even read it or managed to reply. Do you know why it's good to do that? My point is, though... Because then your phone buzzes that... loads. You're going to pick it up. Buzz, 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 buzz. Pick the phone up, answer. Yeah, but do you know what I do when you do that to me? What? I go, he can wait. Yeah, wait, but I don't, I'm like, <laughs> half the time I don't even need a response from you is, anyway. It'll probably be I'll, sarcastic I'll and I'll shit. counting that as seven notifications. Are we counting well, that yeah, as one get, notification? No, wait, seven is. notifications? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I am absolutely struggling with this one. That's fine. Fine. I just don't... I think it's a very, like, it's a workaround leap of this fact. Do you want to know the source of the fact? You've taken two very unconnected things. Do you want to know the source of the fact? Douglas Rushkoff's book. (laughs) Who's that? No idea, but it's a book that my cousin was reading and we was talking about it. And yeah, he gave me this fact and I thought it was cracking. So you didn't even, you didn't note down the name of the book? David, David Rushkoff's book. Yeah, that's the author. A book that he, yeah, it was his book. Yeah, but what is the book? I don't know. What's interesting is that you, you even chose to point out the the site there. You even name checked him hmm. without knowing the name of the book. No, but it's a book from him. He's a pretty good guy. Isn't Are he? you just good trying author? to show I, off I that you know, know a book? I don't know. Is he a good guy? Apparently, he's a good author. Yeah. Is he? Uh, what, what, good, that uh, one, what? If 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 you read that from him, that I like, I couldn't understand the sentence. Great fact. 
I don't think it is at all. It's two massively unconnected things. It might work in the context of this book, which I assume is about social connectivity. Well, how of course it's unconnected. Of course it's unconnected because it's the 1950s, but it's, an, it's not like I'm going, oh, a teacher in the 1950s had a lot less notifications than me. This is an emergency switchboard operator. These <laughs> no, are the people that. that are, they, they are the go-to yeah. call for yeah. emergencies. Probably the busiest phone line that you're going to have yeah. in the UK day to day. Yeah. More notifications on your little Samsung that you've got every day than the person running an emergency switchboard. But it's, but it's Mental. Too, yeah, but it's two unconnected things. That, that, that In the context of the book, it might be good. This famous book that no one knows the bloody name of. Okay, right. We'll fit this in. If I said to you, I, know, I understand it. If I said to you, who do you think gets contacted the most on a day-to-day basis of an occupation? What would you say? Probably, probably somebody that works for an emergency switchboard. Their phone doesn't stop. Yeah, but this is back in the 1950s, which is how long ago? Not long. Not that long. Well, Seventy years ago, I yeah. believe it is defined as just round the corner. <laughs> just Cars existed. Ago. Life was going. You know, crashes, all things like that. Still, life was. It's not like I'm going all the way back to 500 AD when all they had was a hammer. Is your actual life, Look, you know? If you were saying right now, if the fact was you get more notifications on your phone than the emergency services do today, that like that would blow my mind. But the fact that you've taken this random thing from the fifties, oh, it's gone over my head. Oh. Yeah, I'm with Dan. I'm sorry. And and look, I'm sure it makes great sense in the context of the book, but on its own, I think it's a bit weak. Which, by the way, great book. Connor, give it another shout out. I enjoy it. David Rushoff. David Rushoff. You didn't even read the book, did you? You Couldn't stick around for long, did he? No. David Rushoff. Hello. Sorry to interrupt your podcast. We didn't do that. It's just been magically done for us. We do a podcast, which I think you might like if you like this podcast. Our podcast is called The A to Z of Men with me, Chris Brooks. And me, Scott Robinson. And what's the podcast about, Scott? I mean, what we're doing really is giving you an insight, a delve into the male mind. We're going through the alphabet letter by letter. I submit a word. Chris submits a word and we battle it out to see what word goes in to the A to Z of men. And you can get us wherever you get your podcast from. Just search for the A to Z of men. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We're with you every day, by the way, Monday right through Friday. If you've started a new term back at college or wherever it is, or you uh, go to work and you just want a little fact to boost your day, something for the little morning commute, it's baffledpod.com. You've got the main episode on Monday. Then we are here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday with little bite-sized 
baffleds for you. You can also get merch. Have you gone to one of those college? You ever go to those where you could wear your own things? Yeah. Yeah, you could call the teachers by the first name and that was meant to be really cool. Yeah, supposedly. Prove your loyalty to this podcast. Do it. Baffledpods.com. Last facts of the show. I've kind of thrown us out of order. So I'm going to throw it back to you now, Connor. Because I think I rained on that for quite a lot and you might be a bit down. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to boost you up again. Connor, give me your brilliant last fact, which is about the film, your favourite animated film, Up. Yeah, Up. Uh, the balloons in Up. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why is that no, face? No, I don't. No, I don't. No, it's just, I, just... I th- because I think this is going to be theory rather than fact. No, so... I just already know where this is going and I'm already <laughs> waiting for Dan's response. There are 10,297 balloons in Up. Every single one of them was individually animated by an animator. It was one of the largest, consistent animations done of a, of a solo thing in an animation ever. Yeah, that's fine. That's Every impressive. single one. No copy and paste. No like, oh, we, we can take the outline. Every single one was individually drawn by an animator. 10,297 times. Yeah, but it's not in great detail, is it, I would say. It's not the trickiest thing to draw. Uh, well, yeah, it's a lot of shadow. There's a lot of shadow on it. There's a lot of like different sort of colours on the sides because obviously it's in the sky. I, I wonder why they've they settled on that figure, 10,200. I don't know. But it, the guy was called John Rich and he told the, uh, the site in which I'm reading it off of that it was the hardest job he's ever done. Wonderful role of your R then, by the way. Yeah, Rich. I really struggle with it. Rich. Well, Pixar are known for doing amazing things. They, the first wholly computer animated film was one of theirs, Toy Story. They also did um, the hairs on Monsters, Inc. I remember that being fairly revolutionary. They managed to individually animate and manipulate hairs, which had never been done before. It's got to be the worst job in the world just doing the balloons. I I can't imagine it's fun. But they bloody love it, don't they? Yeah, but it's it's not particularly creative, isn't it, at that point? You know, once you've done it a thousand times, it's just repetitive. Yeah, I guess the number is, is quite extensive, but... And, you know, they would only have to do it once, I would imagine. But it... What do you mean? Well, because when they've done it once, they then put it into the computer animation, which then blends that, which then moves that across all the different scenes. All the different scenes, yeah. Yeah, but so it's not like he's doing it oh, know, no. 10 and a half thousand times. Because then it'd times. be millions of times. Yeah, yeah that'd be pointless. Yeah, yeah, it was just obviously the first set of which you saw, yeah. He'd done it all individually. Just goes to show the extent of why Pixar are so good, though, right? That's yeah, detail. That's a, detail. A lot of care and attention. Yeah, because if it was copy and paste, it, I think it would look as good. I don't think it would look as good on the I eye. I actually don't think you'd notice. No, you wouldn't notice, but I think when you actually look into it, that's pretty cool. Sometimes when companies do this, it annoys me because, y- you know, they do this, which no one knows, but then can't wait to tell people about it because it's mm. like, oh, we're so high and mighty. Like, if, he was on a, all this. if he was on a freelance, right, I reckon he made a bomb. I would drag that out. Yeah, I would, yeah. Sorry, so. I'm only on a thousand balloons. Yeah, we need 10,000. Mark, you're the, the premier Disney fan here and you've, you've, you've not really had much to say. No, I'm just letting you guys, you know, chat about it. He's probably, he probably knows it. Probably does know it. Well, have we had that before? Don't think so, no. I thought we'd had it before. I think, I think, I think you <clears throat> probably know that fact, though, don't you? Just off the bat, your pretty little Disney unique facts you've got, right? Oh, yeah, there we go. I thought we'd had that before. Keep that one in the tank. Mark, give us your last fact of the show. King Henry VIII had servants called grooms of the stool who wiped him clean after he visited the toilet. Legend. Yeah, this was. One of the most premier jobs in the court back then. I had a big debate the other day about toilet things, linking in with what you're saying. Right <laughs> Here we go, another Connor story. Is um, it strapping people? So just just explain what he had. So he had a uh, person called a groom of a stool, uh, who would generally be like the sons of noblemen's or important mm-hmm. members of the gentry, because as Dan said, it was a very sought-after job. And he would basically 
wipe his ass clean, uh, as well as supplying a bowl, water, towels, also monitor his diet right. and his bowel movements. Would be a big job if it was like Connor, right? Yeah, legend, yeah. Um, and then also kind of talk to the royal doctor about the king's health as well. Um, and eventually he kind of became a bit more like a private secretary, so would take on even more of the job. But um, yeah, he was the closest you could get to the king. Right. <laughs> Debate with my mate the other day. Love to know your take. Links very well with this fact. If you've got the shower running, you've got the temperature where you need it, and you quickly have a poo before the shower, do you wipe your bum or do you just get in the shower? I do a much less thorough wipe. Oh, it's good. See? Good debate. Mark? Legend, he would know, wouldn't he? What do you do? Straight in. Straight in. No, Straight in. I do. And then I'll take the head off. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, a little, little handmade. Then I use Haley's puff the fliffer thing that I call it. The, 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 the yeah, puffer. The loofer thing. Yeah, I use her one. Yeah. Little bit of the soap on it. There we go. Yeah. Does she know that? No. Right. But her one's a darker colour than mine and white. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I ask this as someone who <laughs> is concerned that you've just moved into a flat for the first time on your own, so you probably don't do a lot of cleaning. Yeah. Bit of hoovering. <laughs> How often do you clean your shower if you're doing that? Oh, the shower. No, I've, I'm a bit of a clean fit with the bathroom once a week. Once a week I rub the shower, clean the toilet every other day because it's me. Most days, actually, because when I yeah, there's usually skidders, so you need a bit of bleach and the old toilet brush out yeah, on that good. one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not very, uh, I'm not very good with my cleaning of anything really. No, Tori thinks she's good, but is even worse than me. Next time you have a little, get in the shower, get the head off, turn it up full power, and have a little go. It's honestly, yeah, but then you're risking water going everywhere. Yeah, but you are also absolutely guaranteed no dingleberries. Yeah, because they're blown off. <laughs> Last fact of the show. This is actually one for, for King Henry VIII. In the 19th and 20th centuries, primarily in the United States, one of the most popular type of social clubs was a fat men's club. Legend. Yeah. Membership was typically limited to men that weighed over 200 pounds. That's 91 kilos. And members were generally quite wealthy as well. You see, back then it wasn't at all uh, frowned upon to be fat. Because nice. if you were fat, bam, you had loads of money. You could eat. Most put, most people had no money. They were poor. They were skinny. They were rakes. You could see their ribs. If you were fat, you made the most of it and you went to fat men's clubs. Older wealthy people, older wealthy men are always slightly on the larger side, aren't they? I think when I look. Like any, any man that I know that is kind of around 60, 70 years old that has got heavy wealth or that I see... Always has a bit of a belly. I think they're one or the other. Being able to eat well. It's because I think, yeah, and they drink a lot of good wine. But nowadays, they're all like super skinny, aren't yeah. they? And like, oh my God, I get up at 5am and go for a run and then go to the gym. And then like I'm working again by six and then I go to the gym later on and I'm a dickhead. That's basically what they say. I don't like. want to be wealthy. Well, good, because you're not. Why? I just don't, I, just that idea of being really rich, it just doesn't phase me. Yeah, but you like to be comfortable, right? Yeah, but I quite like, I quite like the drive. I like the mission. Yeah. I like getting there. I want to help you out here. If you want, send me over money every month. Yeah. Just so you don't get too comfortable. I'll look after it. I'll spend it for you. But you're doing the drive. To and then you've still got the drive. You're doing the drive to make the money to a degree. Yeah, but I think it's more the career. But I feel like if I had become really... If I, if I had like 10 mil in the bank, I feel like I'd lose the, my way a little bit. I think it'd be great. I think you think that now, but I think a year. You year need a reason year. to get up in the in the morning. Yeah, and I, I, I think, wouldn't. I wouldn't do well without that. But I think, 
I think you'd probably get over any ambition quite quickly and you'd be like, you know, I'm going to do go on holiday and that's great. Yeah, but I don't know. I think I'd. I, th- I think you'd be fine. Anyway. I never um, thought Connor Knight would thrive in a communist society, but it sounds like he would. Jesus. The New England Fat Men's Club at one point had 10,000 members. Jeez. Uh, they used How to, do they all fit in the same place? Uh, one, boom, boom, boom. They used to eat a lot, obviously. That was what they met to do. Uh, they would eat such food as a nine-course menu, oyster cocktail, cream of chicken soup, boiled snapper fish, fillet of beef with mushrooms, roast chicken, suckling pig, shrimp salad, steamed fruit pudding, cakes, cheese, ice cream, coffee, cigars, tofu. Well, you know, they could. This is the thing that they're, 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 they're you know, they're, they're, I think because they're bon viveurs, that's why. They know how to live life well. They can live life well as well, can't they? There's no reason why they can't. No, but they, I mean, they might die considerably before. Oh, yeah. But maybe you've had a good time. Exactly. You know what pretty much killed off the Fat Man's Club? Lack of space. Bathroom scales. Oh. When the bathroom scales were invented, then the shaming of those who were maybe mortally obese was a lot more prominent and such a focus became on exercise. Oh. So that was why. We don't want that at the Fat Man's Club. No, you don't. I, I'm, I'm often, like, I enjoy running a lot and I want to live a long time and, you know, vegetarianism and all of that. So I'm quite, like, I'm quite conscious of how I eat. So I am, like, I've got a little pop in. I am quite fit. But I do sometimes really want to be... Sorry, what was that? Uh, it's fine. You can slow it down. I do sometimes just want to be really, really fat. Like, want to eat, eat just like, like be a You're glutton. Just, just sat there, just be like... I'm shoving food in my mouth in mime, listener. You can't... Does not look like that. You can't mock me. I did this whole thing about Fat Men's Club and didn't mention you once. I know, I'm proud of you. Yeah, I know. Until now, Dan. That's because he mocked me. What? Give it a go. What's this? Hang on. Get my readers out. The first owner of the Fat Man's Club was one... Market, Mark, Mark Heads. There you go. There we go. Welcome. Who'd have thought there was someone else called me? Welcome along. Look Here I you. am. You you got any, have you got any questions about being fat? Anything like that? Look at you. You're a if you want to hear boring traveller. stories, we've got Connor up in room four. Just Out. go check him you out. You actually got a bigger belly than Mark, but I'm just putting it out there. He does. You can't say that. You used the truth. It's true, though. You've it's got more of a pot belly than Mark. You can't say this. It's good. And that's it for this week's episode of Baffled. What have we learned? Well... Gunpowder was made to try and be the fountain of youth. Almost half of people in the country just can't be asked to go to space. And, you know, if you ever need an excuse, follow a, a very certain Nordic cross-country skier. Bite um, we're back tomorrow with another Bite Sides Baffled. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Connor. See you later. I'm going to go and run many miles to cut out my belly and make myself fit. See you later. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.